When women are at rest, their brains start up and they start thinking, okay, oh, what did I not get done today? And then, and, and we are very thankful that most of the time y'all keep that to yourselves um, while we're trying to go to sleep. But every once in a while, it just bubbles out of your mouth and you're like, ah, we need to paint the chairs in the living room. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. Now? No, you can go to sleep now. Okay, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> Sometimes, now I, I'm a to-do list guy too. Like I like to-do lists. It keeps me organized. I've got tasks I need to accomplish every week. I have things I want to do. I put them on my to-do, to-do list. I check them off. I feel good about it. But sometimes I feel like church is one of those times where you create, you might create an unhealthy to-do list just as we talk about Christianity. Because one of the, one of the tough things about Christianity is uh, the gospel is so clear and precise, but the effects of the gospel are, are so widespread and so impactful that we can spend our whole life living out the good news of Jesus and not get great at it from one day to the next. And so I may preach a sermon about how you need to love your neighbor, or how you need to forgive your enemy, or turn the other cheek, or be kind to your family. I may, I may throw those things into sermons about Jesus, and you may be tempted at times to think, oh man, that's something I really need to repent of. And so what you do, and what we, we create this checklist where we say, okay, the thing, I've got things I've got to start doing, and there's things I've got to stop doing. Like love my neighbor, forgive my enemy, um, pray for those who persecute me, um, the, be kind to strangers, because that matters for the kingdom of God. Love my coworkers, even though they're just, they're complete imbeciles. No offense, John, that didn't mean that about you. Um, God bless, yeah. Um, and then there's things, there's, then there's things we've got to stop doing, like, you know, y- yelling at my kids when I'm tired, um, s- swearing at cars that can't hear me. You know, like, you may have, that's not my list, but you may have things that, like, you, you, you've said, okay, I've got I've to do this, 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 and this, and then I've got to stop doing this, this, and this. Okay, and we get away from church, and we say, all right, whew. This week, I'm going to be better. And, and that feels like repentance, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to stop doing and start doing. Stop doing the wrong things and start doing the right things. The problem with these lists, though, is Monday, you didn't do the thing. And you were like, oh, good, I didn't do it. And you checked that one off. I, I didn't do that. That was really good. And I did the good thing. I did a couple of good things. I, I really wrestled with this one, but I'll get to that one later. And then by Wednesday, you've gotten to that one, but you've stopped being good at these two. And you've maybe stopped doing this thing, but you started this one again, and you stopped that one again. And by, your list isn't checked and done, is it? That's the problem with to-do lists for Christians, is they're a lot like laundry. As much as you think you're doing well at it, there's all these fools in the house wearing clothes. As much as you think it's like you're you're getting good at finally I'm checking the things off, then you just have one day when you're tired or when you're grieving 
Or when you're in a particular situation and you don't see a way out. Or when the bank statement comes. And then the to-do list gets all quirky. Now mind you, this is the healthiest version of a to-do list. Because it's the one that works on you, isn't it? Typically, our to-do lists are really just other people. (laughs) Well, they need to quit doing that, and they need to start doing this. Those are unhealthy to-do lists. But this one, even, even in its healthiest form, is not healthy. It's unattainable. It's not something you're going to be good at. James 4, 8 says, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Some translations say. And just taken as verse 8, I don't know what this looks like. Like, I know, I get a sense of it, but I don't know what this means. But taken in the context of the whole chapter of James, a whole book of James, whole chapter of four, where he starts chapter four by saying, why do you fight? What causes arguments among you? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Isn't there something in you that you're, basically you want something, you don't have it, and now you're mad, and it's not about this, it's about that. But you're making it about this. Doesn't it come from something within you? You desire, but you don't have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You're adult, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Now notice here, he's not saying friendship. He doesn't change paths. And say, well, now let's talk about like the real sins that the world does. What he's doing here is he's saying, you guys, your selfishness and your desire to be right all the time and your desire to get your way all the time, that's friendship with the world. That's how the world functions. So we can't let a, a, a function of the broken world impact the functions of the kingdom of God. Whether it be in our church or whether it be in our marriages or in our workplace, where we are as the kingdom of God are the people who are bringing heaven to this world. We are bringing, we are making the world look like the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. And we can't do that when we're selfish. We can't do that when we demand to be right. That's the way the world works. That's the friendship with the world. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, Or do you think Scripture says without reason that He jealously longs for the Spirit He has caused to dwell in us, but He gives us more grace? That is why Scripture said God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So here's the correction. Here's, if, you are, if you are selfish, if you need your way, if it's not, like, you just can't function if things aren't going well for you. Submit yourselves, then, to God. Resist the devil... And he will flee from you. That's the one with the promise. If you resist the devil, the devil, in the name of Jesus, alongside God, 
Satan will run from you. You will be tempted. But when you resist, there will be breaks. You can get through it with the strength of God. And so you submit yourself to God. You resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then he adds this one. Draw near to God or come near to God and he will come near to you. This call is a is about you changing your position. So you used to give in to the devil and draw away from God, but now you are resisting the devil and drawing near to God. And I think this is a more healthy view of repentance. The, the Greek word for, uh, for repentance is metanoeo, and you're just, it's this word that just essentially means like, this. I just, I just met, I just metanoeoed. Right? I don't think that's the proper way to decline that word, but here, I just did, I just, I just did it. That's what that word means. And it's not, repentance is not about your checklists. Because in the end, you're, you're always going to be bad at something someday. And typically, if you give your strength to overcoming one thing, you might not have enough strength to overcome another thing, and you aren't going to get it right all the time. You're going to try. You're going to try and try and try. But maybe when you are really paying attention to one thing, one thing sneaks up and gets you. And you're you're trying, as admirable as it is, is not in the end what's going to get you there. Repentance is turning away from evil, not being ruled by evil. Repentance is turning to God. That's it. See, one of, the time, one of the things that makes it tough for us to repent properly is because we think we've got to get it all right. But the only way to get it all right, in our view, is to try really hard. And what is trying, who does trying really hard depend on? It depends on me. It depends on you when you're trying really hard. And even in that world, in that realm of, of getting it right and getting, not getting the wrong things wrong and getting the right things right, doing the things I'm supposed to do and not doing the things I'm not supposed to do, even in that world, as, as virtuous as it is, it's, it revolves around me. And we can look at our lists. And we can say, well, I, I don't do these things. Sometimes we put things on our list that we've never even been tempted to do. And we check those off and we're real proud of it. I do this on my to-do list. If I have things I need to do that day and it's, it's heavy and, uh, and one of you call me and you'll talk to me for an hour, there's a good chance that if I'm sitting at my desk, I write, talk to David. David's never called me and talked to an hour, talked for me an hour. 
Um, David doesn't talk on the phone to anybody for an hour, right? No. But if I write talk to David, and then I check it off. Just to remind myself that he didn't interrupt my work, that that was my work. So it helps me know, like, well, that wasn't even something I planned on doing, but I checked it off anyway. We do that with our big lists. We say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not even tempted. And we, we, these people, these people who have unchecked, who, who haven't done the right things that I do. These people that do the wrong things that I'm not even tempted to do. And we can even hold up our list, as broken as it might be, and say, look how good I am. Satan can use your attempts at repentance to produce pride within you. And so that whole effort is based on self. But this idea of turning and drawing near to God, coming into the presence of God, so that, notice this is not just by itself, it's so that we can stop being friends with the world, so we can stop arguing and fighting and bickering and getting our way, that submitting to God and resisting the devil and drawing near to God is the way to maybe sometimes give up of self. To get over thyself. That's not in the Bible, but I used thy, and it's what it sounds like it is. This, whoa, almost fell off. I didn't, though, because I'm a ninja. But this, this turning of, of self to God, you'll find... The most comforting thing is that God comes to you as well. Is that as I come near to God, my, my frailty and my brokenness keeps me from getting it right all the time. When I fail to meet the list, the list stays put. When I fail to draw myself all the way to God, God chases after. Repentance is not about perfection, it's about proximity. It's about position. It's not about getting it all right. about being loved. And we repent and draw near to God. We turn from that old way and go to God. Notice we're not turning, turning from wrong to right. We're turning from self-indulgent, even if it's right or wrong, even if it's like correct or incorrect, self-indulgent to being united with God. God makes that journey farther than we can ever make it to Him. He makes it to us. See, that sort of, that sort of life that, that, that I can have in, in Jesus' freedom. I have um, 
in my marriage fail. Except from time to time. You just, um, Rachel asked me to do something, I, I don't do it. Rachel wishes I would do something, I, I didn't do it. Um, did, said, said things I wish I wouldn't have said. But one of the freedoms in a healthy marriage, and, and I, I thank God for that, is knowing that she's never going to rub my face in my shame. Ever. And that freedom doesn't just make it okay when I mess up, because I'm going to mess up again. Sorry, no, it's fine. We have a commercial. Let's, with the commercial? You'll be able to skip the ad in five seconds, guys. Just a second. <laughs> no, it's fine. We need stuff like that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that... I said that sentence, and then I said that one. Check that off my list, yeah. Um, that... That's, that sort of freedom you have in marriage to make mistakes is the sign of the healthy one. If you're terrified to say the wrong thing, terrified to get it wrong, that's probably not health. But in your Christian life, what we find with God is that my perfection is not what God is looking for, my position is. God wants me to be near to him. That's why he's trying to get near to me. But when I try to make my checklist about the things I've done right and things I've done wrong, and I turn and I show it to God from a distance, say, God, look what I've done. We're going to be right and wrong with or without God. God would rather us be with God. And the freedom of forgiveness, the freedom of grace, the freedom of relationship with the one who created us, who redeemed us, who sacrificed himself for our sins, who resurrected so that we might find life where only death existed. That, that nearness and that God is coming. I just turn and here God comes. There's, there's nothing worth living for more than that. We try to depend on a lot of people. Our bosses, our employees, our kids, our spouses, our parents. And every single one of them will fail you. And every single one of them is not qualified to put the burden of dependency upon them. They're not qualified to carry your load. God can and offers to and yet will say, well, let me, let me try to find salvation in my child. Let me try to find salvation in my spouse or in my job. Let me try to find salvation. No, you won't find it there. Will you even say, let me fi- try to find salvation in like my biblical correctness? No, I know. I know the Bible. All right. Okay. So do you, good. But you know God. Abandon that list. Walk out of here free that you get to turn to God. 
that you get to draw near to God and God draws near to you and that it has, that doesn't just, that's not just a warm and fuzzy, that has actual impact on your life. You're not going to get it right, but in the presence of God and in the grace of God, you will find that getting it right isn't the goal. Just being with God. The fact that you showed up is worth everything to God. Do you need to show up today? Have you been trying to repent with a list? Do you need to just draw near to God? Have you never united yourself into His death, burial, and resurrection through baptism? Get closer to God this morning. Please come forward while we stand and sing. Just as